Welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today in the Zoom room. Okay, so get this straight, folks. We're recording via Zoom, so sometimes the sound is not as good as it is when we're all in person. But bear with us. I will do the best I can in post. But listen to me. This guy is on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. It's a Sunday, and we're getting ready to talk about Journey. So please welcome my guest co-host for the day, Mr. Andy Solom. Andy, did I say your last name correctly? It's Solom. Solom. Very Andy close. Solom. Okay. I've already started on a bad note. Um, Andy, we know each other uh, because for a year we played Name That Tune together. So right. we've gotten to, we've gotten to see each other and, and, uh, and we text about music and we share music and, uh, it's a good thing. Uh, we also have a mutual friend, Josh Stolberg. That's correct. And yeah. A- anyone who likes horror films, Josh has written the last two saw movies, jigsaw and spiral. And Andy, you know, Josh, because how, uh, we went to junior high together in, in high school and, um, we were in in a, in a production together and, um, friends throughout high school. And, um, it, it, interestingly enough, I don't know, 30 years later, whatever his, his high school and early college girlfriend is my fiance now. So that is crazy. We have that in common. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, Andy, what do you do in Florida? I don't even think I know what your, uh, what your profession is. Oh, well, I'm a, uh, my profession is uh, psychology is my degree. Okay. And I've been working in that field for almost 30 years. Um, and I currently work at um, a um, nonprofit children's behavioral health agency. I'm the executive director there. That's fantastic. That sounds great. You're doing good work. You're a positive citizen of the planet. Trying to. <laughs> And you and I both, uh, you're, are you 50 yet? Yep. Okay. In a so couple of years. Yep. I, I, I'll be 53, uh, two months. All right. So, and we're also a couple of guys in our fifties that, uh, enjoy Taylor Swift. That, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Thanks for our daughter's influences is exactly. the primary reason for that. Uh, you've seen Taylor in concert. Took her a couple of years ago. Um, my daughter to the reputation tour and it was amazing. One of the best concerts I've ever seen was the Taylor Swift Red Tour. And I've seen yeah. hundreds and hundreds of concerts. And when I tell people that, uh, they look at me like I'm crazy. But I always tell them every dollar I spent on that ticket was up there on the stage. The sound was great. Set list was great. The theatrics were great. Everything was great. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So go see Taylor Swift people. All right. So, Andy. You're engaged. Are you? When are you getting married? Um, we've been we've been engaged for a long time. We're kind of waiting for our children's lives to kind of settle a little bit so we can uh, merge together more permanently. So we're no rush. No. Okay. Good. Sometimes yeah. when people are engaged a long time, their friends think they're never. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you guys are committed. 
Yeah, yeah. We, we, we've been together for 10 years, actually. Oh, okay. Do you cohabitate? No, because um, her, her house and my house are, they're too small and we both have our kids here still. So we can't, can't merge them together yet. There's just, just not enough room. Do the kids, uh, do your kids like her and her kids like you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do your sure. kids like each other? The kids, do the kids like uh, each other? Yes, they do. All right. That's well, this is thing. good. This is all yes, good yes, stuff. It's all good. Mm-hmm. I told you I wasn't going to ask personal stuff and boom, I'm asking personal <laughs> stuff. All right. You know a little bit about Andy. Maybe we'll find out more as we go on. Here's what's going on, folks. We're talking about Journey, but since Journey has been around since 1975, it's difficult to do one show about Journey. So Andy and I decided that we were going to do three Journey episodes. And the first one, part one, we're going to call the Greg Raleigh years. So we're going to take you through the debut album all the way up to the live album Captured, which was Greg's uh, last appearance on uh, on vinyl with the band. And um, this was a lot of fun, Andy, listening to these uh, older records, the first three. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember after I got into Journey with the, uh, I think Departure was probably the first album I bought. And then I bought, uh, you know, Evolution and Infinity. But these first three, I would always see at the record store. And I... I would never even pick them up because Steve Perry wasn't on them. Mm-hmm. Same for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, even like the, uh, even like early, the first four sticks albums, even though Dennis is on those, I never really picked those up at the time either. It was mm-hmm. way later in my life that I decided to check those out. So if anyone's not familiar with these first three journey albums, we're going to give you a, a nice little taste of it. And maybe you want to go check these out. So, Let's talk about Journey. What can you tell us about early Journey? Well, uh, you know, they, they were cobbled together by, by uh, Santana's road manager, um, Herbie Herbert. He, he wanted to put together a band that would be a backing band to other San Francisco area musicians. Um, and they were called the uh, Golden Gate Rhythm Section was, was their first name. Um, they did a demo, um, you know, the, the, the early members. Um, and actually, uh, Prairie Prince was the drummer on those demos. He later went on to, to be the drummer for the Tubes. Um, but that, um, but he ended up leaving after that. And um, they also decided to get a different name, too. They, they put together this um, radio contest to let the San Francisco Bay Area residents name the band. And they didn't like the names at all. And it was actually a roadie that came up with the name Journey. I uh, I re- I like bands that have like a one word name, Sticks, Rush, Journey, Foreigner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a Kiss. I mean, it's just easy. Exactly. Um, and this uh, the band on this first album, simply called Journey. We got Greg Raleigh, Neil Sean, Ross Valerie, Ainsley Dunbar, and then a fella named George Tickner, who is only on this album. Mm-hmm. He plays the rhythm guitar. I don't Correct. know anything yeah. about. I don't know anything about this George Tickner. Yeah, he's that's the only record he's on. He was he was the other guitarist. Um, wrote wrote one song on on the album that I, I think we're going to be playing here pretty soon. Um, and yeah, this this is his only record. It ended up being a four piece after this. I will tell you what was very cool was when Journey got their star on the rock on the Hollywood. Uh, Walk, of, Walk fame. of Fame. I almost said Rock of Fame. Walk of Fame. Every single member was there. Every single one. 
including George Tickner. Yeah. Steve Ajiri was there. Arnel Pineda was there. Steve Perry was there. And if you, if you Google it online, you can find a picture of all the guys. And I just thought that was pretty cool that they included them because, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. a guy like this is just forgotten. Exactly. I even think Robert Fleischman was there. Yeah. I, I think I read that too. And for me, I don't even consider Robert Fleischman a member of the band because he's not on any albums. Correct. How do you feel about Robert Fleischman? Um, yeah, I mean, he's certainly part of the band's legacy, at least a, at least a, a major footnote. You know, he he uh, did some touring with them um, and co-wrote some songs, co-wrote uh, Wheel in the Sky, which we'll yep. talk about a little bit later. But um, yeah, that was it. He was just with the band just for a, a summer tour. Yeah. And he, even when Steve Perry left, they didn't seem to go to the Robert Fleischman well to fill that slot. Mm-hmm. It seems like they could have easily just called him up. Right. But, yeah. Uh, but they did not. So, all right. This is something I didn't know about this album until uh, the past couple of days. The first album is produced by Roy Haley, who produced and engineered pretty much all the Simon and Garfunkel albums. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. I saw that he was producer, but I didn't know he had that pedigree. Yeah. So, I mean, this was kind of a, kind of a coup for them. They were probably like, we're working with this legendary producer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this was the one and only time they worked with him. And this album's got seven songs clocks in around 37 minutes. And what's the first track you have from the album simply called journey. I've got, um, it's called to play some music. Uh, it's actually my favorite pre Steve Perry journey song, you know, listening to these first three, it's a wow. pre- pretty good tune. All right. And this was written by Raleigh and Sean. So here we go to play some music. I'm going to try to play some. like greg raleigh's voice i mm-hmm. always have yeah it's it's good yeah. yeah compared to you know the rest of this record and and the pre-steve perry output this was a pretty uh uh melodic tune compared yeah. to the rest of the more proggy jazz fusion kind of stuff that the rest of the uh, first three records have For, uh, i i agree with you and there there is some uh there's definitely some prog elements uh on some of these early albums i'm gonna start with the opening track on the album which is called of a lifetime so let's hear a little of this You find my single 
people that might not know, Greg Raleigh sings Black Magic Woman and uh, a lot of the popular Santana songs. Mm-hmm. Got a great voice. Sure um, does. I wish you would. Uh, not much solo stuff, though, after he left Journey. He did a couple albums, but then, not, you know, not a lot of stuff. I, I thought mm-hmm. that uh, I thought that he would do more. I'm looking at this album cover. Neil Sean has a glorious uh, afro in this. It's gigantic. This is uh these these 70s album covers are hysterical. They're, they're like all in spacesuits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh all right. Next up for Andy. I've got uh Topaz. It's one of the two instrumentals on the record. And it's this is the one that George Tickner wrote or, or um, by himself. It's uh pretty indicative of kind of the rock prog kind of sound that they had on these first few albums. I wonder how much money Tickner uh, made off of this album. (laughs) I would think probably not a whole lot. Probably not a whole lot at all. Let me see if I can find anything about George Tickner, because now I'm I'm very curious. Uh, He's still alive, 74. And associated with uh, Journey and Jerry Garcia. So maybe he did something with uh, Jerry. Who knows? All right. Staying around San Francisco, obviously. Okay, here's Topaz. a santana feel to it mm-hmm. andy is journey one of your favorite bands yeah for sure um i mean definitely in junior high and high school they were my favorite band easily and probably my favorite band of the 80s and did you see them in the heyday i saw them in uh 86 on the raised on radio tour so all right it's, so you- it's glad to be able to see them with steve so you saw uh, you saw Randy Jackson on bass and was it Mike Baird on drums? Yep, Randy was, with his uh, day, day glow color yes outfits and big hair. Yeah, and I think uh, Jonathan Kane and um, and uh, Steve had some waves in their hair at the time. Yeah, little perm was, action going on. How exactly. was that? How was that? Sh- how was that tour? Was the show good? Yeah, it was good. Uh, they played played a good good selection of uh, tunes. Um, couple couple covers um yeah definitely it was a really good show the last tour with steve perry yeah because they never yeah you're right they, yeah, they, they never toured with with again it. but they didn't didn't tour again it's um it's funny because it when you went to see that concert you never thought that that was going to be your one and only time seeing steve perry with journey yeah that's true Just, and the same as i was lucky enough i saw the escape tour and I saw the Frontiers tour. But again, when you're a teenager, you you don't think that this is going to be it. Uh, maybe I would have enjoyed it even more had I known that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, the two times I, well, when I saw them in the heyday, heyday they were amazing. Uh, it brings me to the song that I chose. I chose the other instrumental, Kahootek, is how I pronounced it. I don't know if I'm saying it right. 
But um, every time my friends and I would go to see Journey, and even to this day, we will yell out Kahootek <laughs> just, uh, just to be silly. And uh, they're not going to play Kahootek, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I, still, I still yell it out. So here mm-hmm. we go. I, I believe this has a, a lot of prog in it. So let's find out. Now, if you just played that for someone and said, guess who this is, they would never guess Journey. No, no. Not in a million years. No. That's that that's a tune though. When um when Neil Sean had um uh Neil Sean's Journey Through Time, when we were when they played some shows in 2018 and 2019. Did they do Kahootek? They they did that. Yeah, they did tons of deep cuts, and that was one of them. Let me tell you something. I had tickets to see that. Mm. Uh but I just bought one ticket. I couldn't get anyone to go with me. And then the day of the show, I had had a long day with whatever I was doing. And that night, I just didn't feel like driving. It was downtown LA, which is mm-hmm. kind of a hassle. And so I, I didn't, I just didn't go. Mm. Mm. Yeah. They now, played like a, almost a three hour set. Yeah. Now I kind of wish I would have, but yeah. I didn't. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, Andy, are you still a physical music guy? Do you like to buy physical music, whether it's vinyl or CDs, or is everything a download for you? Um, I, I will buy uh, CDs. I'm not really a, a vinyl guy. I actually don't own a, own a turntable. Yeah. Well. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly if I can get a CD to me, especially if it's the same price as downloading it on iTunes, because I can just stick the CD in and burn it. Right. So yeah, that definitely would much rather have the physical CD. And that's a generational thing, obviously, but that's how I am too. Uh, so I want to tell people, if, you, if you've never heard these first three albums, the way I found them was on Amazon. It's a three CD set called Original Album Classics. It's the first three albums, and it's about 15 bucks. And then you get to look at the artwork and uh, hold it in your hand. And that's how I like my music too. Physically, Andy, physically. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to... Look Into the Future came out in 1976, co-produced by Journey and a guy named Glenn. Why do these people have names I can never pronounce? Yeah, Kalotkin. Kalotkin, okay. Yeah, that sounds like it. Glenn Kalotkin. And uh, this is album number two. And what do you got to kick this thing off for us? I've got the, uh, what was the second single off this record? It's called She Makes Me Feel All Right. It's so funny that you say this is the second single. Were these ever played anywhere on the radio other than maybe in the San Francisco Bay Area? Yeah, probably not. I mean, these, probably not. I guess they were, you know, official singles, but they they didn't chart. Right. Not at all. Okay. Here's She Makes Me Feel and then in parentheses, She Makes Me and then in parentheses, Feel All Right. Okay. Here we go. Take a look, it's easy and nice, if you want to be alright, 
Again, it's the same band, but we don't have George Tickner. So we have Ainsley Dunbar on drums, Neil Sean on guitar, Ross Valerie on bass, and Greg Rowley on keyboard and vocals. I mean, a solid band. These mm -hmm. four guys, I mean, Ainsley Dunbar is an amazing drummer. He went on to be with uh, Jefferson Starship and um, a whole bunch of bands, but uh, mm -hmm. just fantastic. All right. My first song. Where's it? Uh, again, I took the one that kicks off the album. This is on a Saturday night. Oh, that's still the same. There, let me see. Here we go. Of course, night is spelled N-I-T-E because that's how you spell it in a rock song. <laughs> um, is that a real, is that a legit spelling? I, I don't think so. I, I think no, if, you, if you were to look it up in Webster's Dictionary, it would, would not be there. No, no, that's a, that's a rock and roll spelling. Isn't mm -hmm. that how Kiss spells it in rock and roll all night, party every day? I, yeah, I think they do. I think they do too. Um, now look, if you're, if you're not feeling excitement in our voices right now, it's because, again, we're not that familiar with these albums. No, no, no Journey fan really is. That sounds weird to say, mm -hmm. but I've never come across a Journey fan who cites these three albums at all. Yeah, there, just, yeah, there are, there are, there, there are few and far between. Few and far between. And they, and they might have been the fans that were fans when these albums were released. They might have been the fans yeah. that didn't like when Steve Perry came along. Mm -hmm. but um but what we're telling you is th these are solid these are fun albums it's it's as part of the journey history but um i'm not gonna put these on again and listen to these andy mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> it, it definitely won't, won't don't get tons of spins no no um and again this uh this album cover it's uh you know it's of the time it's uh i, I don't even know how to explain it yeah, it's like they're blue holograms or something. Yeah, they're the, blue holograms, and there's yeah. like a silver ball in the middle of the room, and then there's mm -hmm. like doorway after doorway after doorway. And they probably saw this and said, That's amazing. They're all wearing the yeah. jumpsuits again. So, all right. What's your next song, Andy? I got Midnight Dreamer. All right, let's hear it. some cowbell on there yeah it's a rocker they they definitely are, were uh, you know hard rock and band yeah yeah they they are often referred to as a jam band at this point mm -hmm. right yeah for sure yep 
All right, my next song, and then we'll move on to the next Journey album. My song is It's All Too Much. And this second album is much more accessible than the first album. Yeah, there's, there's, they got a little bit more accessible as, as their records went on. It was interesting that they chose, chose a Beatles cover. Yes. Oh, that's right. Thank you for mentioning that. Yes, I should have mentioned that. Yeah, that's a George Harrison song. Mm-hmm. All right, we're moving on to the next album. This album, I, I like this album cover because it's just kind of like a portrait of the band. It's kind of like yeah. maybe what their stage clothes would be. And uh, Neil Sean's still rocking that giant fro yeah it's huge uh, it's it's unbelievable uh this album is produced just by the band mm-hmm. released in 1977 uh neil sean is going to sing a couple of lead vocals on this album and again the band is staying solid with greg neil ross and ainsley and again they're on columbia records and nowadays you wouldn't get you wouldn't get three albums no you know what i mean i mean they're Journey's not selling any albums at this point. And, uh, and yet Columbia's sticking with them. It's probably, yeah, uh, that's, that's definitely how it was back, you know, back in the seventies, they gave those bands that, you know, the Arios and the Stixes of the world, yep. you know, multiple two, three, four, sometimes five records to finally break through. Yeah. I mean, REO, I always say, I think it's eight or nine before they yeah. really break through. It's unbelievable. But uh, this is journey next. And Andy, what do you got for us? I got the uh, Spaceman. Okay, now this is my favorite song of these three albums. I just love this song. So here's Spaceman. I'm all together in my body and my mind. Not supernatural. There's a little bit of Neil Sean, d- definitely one of the best guitarists in rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that guy can solo for days. Uh, what's my song? My first song is I took one of the instrumentals. I went with nickel and dime.
right, we're moving on. Andy, what's your next tune off of next? I've got Hustler. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's named after the magazine or not, but this is uh this is lyrics by Ainsley Dunbar. Dunbar has a lot more writing credits on this album. Looks like he's got one, two, three, three of the eight. So let's go with uh let's go with Hustler. Be tired. Money's not good to me. It's loving's my game. Don't need no trouble. I show you no pain. According to the back of the next album cover, Andy, if you send a self-addressed stamped envelope to P.O. Box 404, San Francisco, California, uh, you can join the Journey Fan Club. I'll have to try that sometime. So, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, 94101, folks, if you want to send a... Uh, <laughs> wonder what would happen if you sent something to that address right now. <laughs> Journey Fan Club. Um, my next song is written by Ainsley Dunbar, Greg Rowley, and Neil Sean. And near Neil Sean, do you say Sean or Shone? I, I think I, I think it's I've heard it both ways, just like I've heard Greg Rowley and Greg Raleigh. Greg Raleigh yeah, I, I, I think it's Sean. Okay, Neil Sean. Neil actually takes lead vocal on here, so let's hear a little bit of Karma. Right, that's going to close out the first three Journey albums. Uh, if you've never heard them, uh, give them a listen. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. And uh, now we're going to move on to, uh, I'm not, I don't, Andy, I don't think I know a band that had more of an upgrade from the last album to this album. Yeah, that's true. It was, it was quite the leap in, in, in all sorts of ways. I, you know, Columbia was putting pressure on them to have some hits. It's it's amazing that Columbia just didn't let them go, because obviously, if you listen to those first three albums, you go, I don't know that this band's going to have hits. I just don't know if they're going to break through. So it was Herbie Herbert 
So I think that's when they started to work with uh, Robert Fleischman. Yeah, it was it was after. Uh, correct. Before they uh, released Infinity, they went in the studio and did some uh, songwriting with with Robert Fleischman, um, went on the road and played a series of dates. And um, it's just didn't work out. You know, they I read that Neil said that the fans the audience didn't really like Robert. Um, I don't think the band really cared for him too much. It just wasn't, wasn't a good fit. So he was quickly jettisoned. And so Herbie Herbert gets a demo tape from S- Steve Perry. And I think his band at the time was Alien Project. And I'm going to play a little bit of this a demo. This demo is called If You Need Me, Call Me. And apparently this is the demo that made Herbie Herbert say, yeah, this is the guy for this band. So here we go. Let's listen to If You Need Me, Call Me. Might have to jump it ahead a little bit, folks. I mean, that's a star. Yeah, it, it, it sounds like Journey. You know, it does even, sound like Journey, yeah. Even the, even the music, it fits in, you know, right with what, you know, they ended up doing. Yeah, it, like, yeah, you're right. It's not just like Herbie Herbert liked this guy's vocal. He's like, oh, he's also singing music that sounds like what this band does. Mm-hmm. And um, he kind of just said, this guy's in the band. He didn't really give them a choice. Mm-hmm. That's right. He just said, this, this is your new singer. So <laughs> you better write some songs with them. <laughs> yeah, they, um, they did. And the, you know, their first tune they wrote together was, uh, or that Steve and Neil wrote together was patiently. Yeah. Um, they, this, Neil said they wrote it in like 10 minutes. I mean, I, uh, those kind of stories just amaze me. We're like, Oh, we had nine songs. We needed 10. So we wrote this in 15 minutes and it, went to number one. Like those, yeah. those are crazy. But yeah. Patiently is an amazing song. And they wrote it, like you said, in about 15 minutes. Um, other upgrades to uh, the band, they work with Roy Thomas Baker, who is best known for working with queen at the time. And then would soon work with the cars and foreigner. He would, uh, you know, work with everyone cheap trick, but that's quite an upgrade of producer from uh, Glenn Kalatnik. And um, and then the band producing themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, you can hear his his fingerprints all over this record too, with the the vocal um, layers, mm-hmm. um, and some of the guitar work is you know if you listen to this record, there's key points that sounds like Queen, you know, the yeah. harder rocking early early Queen. 
And also, uh, Roy Thomas Baker always used to like the uh, songs to almost fade into the next song because he felt like rock radio then might just play two songs in a row because that's just how it was. Um, they also start to name the, I mean, the, the last album was just one word title, but uh, they start using these one word titles. And I believe this was Herbie Herbert's idea. And I think he named all these albums. Uh, and I think raised on radio was supposed to be called Liberty, but by then Steve Perry had had a lot more power and he stopped, <clears throat> he stopped the one word titles. But uh, so we get infinity and then, this album's designed by I think Kelly Mouse is the uh, or the artists, and they start to uh, you know adopt a look with the uh, they just start to they start to have a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it, but it's their, um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a visual identity, right, right, which and they've which they've kept to this day, you know, with the, with the wings and uh, and the scarabs and the bugs yeah. or whatever you want to call it, but yeah, definitely with the wings and the. Uh, and they even have that like infinity swish that goes between the, the word journey on this album. And it's uh, so they really, they totally reworked this band and it works. Yeah. This it's, is this record went, you know, ends, ends up going three times platinum It you know, reached number 21 and billboard. And it's, it's, it's great start to finish. There's not one bad song on this album for me. No. How do you yeah. feel? I, yeah, this is definitely, a top five journey album throughout their whole catalog. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your first song? I got what uh, I, I think is one of their Steve Perry era, hardest rock and tunes. I went with La Du Da. All right, here we go. Andy, all it takes for me to be on a journey kick for like a month is to just hear one of these songs. I hear one of these songs and I'm like, that's it. It's journey for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially these, these deep cuts, you know, the ones that <clears throat> we're not, we haven't heard it 10,000 times before. Um, for sure. They just got so many great deep cuts. And what's cool about uh, what journey's doing now is that that cut right there, they, they, they play that song. They played that last week when they played, uh, in Chicago. And I think on their last tour, they've been pulling out uh, La Duda. They so should. It's one of the old ones that they've been uh, <clears throat> pulling out of the cobwebs. Yeah. When you have a catalog like this, I know, I know that Neil Sean says when they tour, they always have to play what he calls the dirty dozen. Like there's 12 songs that you can't not play, right. but they should have like one or two slots in the set list where every night they change those two songs up. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think they should do. And, um, I know where I'm getting ahead of myself, but Arnell Pineda's in the band and they don't really play any songs from the Arnell Pineda era. It's kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah, They're it's doing- true. They, yeah, they might throw out one or something, but 
I saw again, I'm getting ahead of myself again, but I saw Steve Ogiri solo out here in LA about four years ago. His entire set was journey songs, but they were all Steve Perry era journey songs. He didn't sing any of the songs that he recorded with the band. Mm. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah. Um, I like our picks from infinity because I'm going to tell you why we didn't pick lights and we didn't pick wheel in the sky and we didn't pick patiently. We really went deep because you and I know that these deep cuts are so amazing. Yep. They're so worthy of being heard. They absolutely are. And my first one is feeling that way. Open my eyes to a new kind of way All the good times that you said Are you feeling You feeling that way too Or am I just Am I just a fool In the summer So good. And one of the reasons I picked that is because I love Greg and Steve on those times they sing together because Greg Rowley's got like a macho huskier voice. And uh, Steve Perry has, is it, he's a tenor, I guess. I, do you know, Andy? I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's he, a good question. I don't know if he's a tenor or a soprano, soprano, but, but those two voices together, you know, it, it's it's like right here with Greg and then Steve comes in and just blows the whole thing up. And it's yeah. just, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a great, great combo. And sadly, when Greg Raleigh left the band, we we lost getting more and more of that. But uh, but I enjoy what they did together. Uh, coming up, we got a third song from Infinity. This is Andy's second track. What do you got? I got something to hide. All right. So good. And you picked two songs that were written by uh, Steve and Neil. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Steve just goes off on that tune. And, and the last, uh, last couple seconds of that song too, he hits this high note. That's just shatters glass. <laughs> it's um, it's unbelievable that these two guys are just thrown together and immediately they've got chemistry. They're able to sit down and write these amazing songs. That's uh. That's like magic to me. Like, I don't know how that works. Like to, because you have to, um, you have to not be afraid to 
throw your ideas out there. You know what I mean? He's joining a band that's together. And even though they haven't had success, he has to come in and, and throw some weight around, you know, as a songwriter and as a singer. And it it just works. I just, this album, it it is, it's, it's definitely, it's gotta be top three for me. Top three journey album for sure. Uh, My next song is who wrote this one? Let me check. This is written by Steve Perry and and, uh, and Ross Valerie, and I picked Can Do because it's just it rocks. Did you ever stop to listen to what you're missing in the things you say? Right, Infinity. Andy, what was the first Journey album you ever purchased? It, it uh, was um, this next record, Evolution. Um, and when I think about it, the first Journey song I ever heard was Any Way You Want It. Uh, and and I, I remember hearing that coming out of the radio and my ears just instantly perked up. I mean, yeah. like, what the hell is this? Like, I just, it caught me. Uh, but for some reason, I, I had a, I have an older brother who's four years older who you know, was into all this cool rock music and stuff. For some reason, I think he talked me into buying Evolution, not Departure. I don't really know why. Oh, so De- Departure was out, but he I, said buy maybe, this one. Yeah, or maybe it wasn't out. Maybe just the any way you want a single was out, okay. maybe. But either way, I remember, um, it may, I think this may have been the second album I ever purchased with my own money was it was Evolution. Nice. And um, they keep uh, they keep basically the same theme. The album cover is very similar to uh, to Infinity. Uh, the font they use on this, I don't know what this font's called. It's, it seems like it's specific to journey. I, I always consider that the real journey logo, the font that's on this in departure, but then on nothing else after that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah, me too. They keep, uh, they keep Roy Thomas Baker, but we have a, we have a lineup change in the drum slot. We get Steve Smith because Steve Perry does not like Ainsley Dunbar's drumming. Now, I don't know how this goes down. This must be very difficult. Ainsley Dunbar is a founding member of the band. And then the new singer comes in on album four. And by album five, the singer has enough power for the rest of the band to say, okay, we'll change drummers. Yeah, especially someone as, as accomplished as, as Ainsley Dunbar. I mean, the, the guy's got a resume. Yeah, you know, pre-journey and of course post-journey. Yep, and I mean, Steve Smith is a fantastic drummer, but I, these these are the Steve Perry stories where I'm like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah. boy, this guy's mm-hmm. this guy might be difficult to deal with at times. Yeah, those are the, uh, the kind of the uh, beginnings of some of those. Uh, little issues with Steve and the rest of the band. Exactly. Um, this album, it's, it's, it's another killer. I mean, this versus infinity, which one do you like better? 
I, 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 I take evolution. I think track, track or track, it's a little bit stronger than, okay. than for me. I, and this is definitely, this might be, this might be my favorite journey album. It's definitely at least number two. This might, this might come uh, with that. Uh, this is the first one you owned. Like a lot of albums, the my introduction to the band, like queen, the game or, uh, Billy Joel glass houses. It, the first one I bought sometimes ends up being, it's just my favorite. It just yeah. remains my favorite, yeah. but yeah, this album is uh, for me. It's, it's really neck and neck with infinity. This is just so good. I mean, they didn't miss a beat. No. I mean, they yeah, really track or track. It's, it's, it's really good. They really just kept going. So what's your first track off of evolution? I'm taking city of the angels. Oh, that would be about Los Angeles. That's where I'm at. I didn't want to fade it down. I was getting into it so much. Yeah, it's such a great tune. You know, did did they used to play this song um, back to back with Love and Touch and Squeezing? Yeah, do, I think do you they did. That? I think yeah, they did. And until then, Love and Touch and Squeezing started to be, uh, I think maybe the closer uh, deeper into the set list. And then I don't think they could, uh, they did it as much. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, yeah, I, I remember hearing this on the radio, just back to back. And so the journeys has journeys got a little bit of history with having tunes kind of being played back to back on the radio. Yeah. On the, um, when they remastered the albums for CD, they put a break between these songs. Mm. On the most recent uh, remaster, there's a break. And I used to love when Love and Touch and Squeezing would end and City of the Angels would start right up. And personally, I think that's a mistake that they yeah. did when they remastered the CD. But mm-hmm. what, what am I going to do? Who am I going to call? I can't. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. My first one off of Evolution, it's written by Perry, uh, Stephen Neal. And it's When You're Alone in Ain't Easy. Yeah. It ain't always easy Moving day to day She said she wants to tease me So I'm on my Uh, the production on evolution seems to be a step up from even what Roy Thomas Baker did on infinity. It's like more of a crisp rocking uh, production to my ears. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that still sounds fantastic to this day. Yeah. It's, it's uh it's really amazing. Um, all right. Again, it's going to be journey all week for me now. What's your next song, Andy? I'm going with a tune that uh, Steve Perry wrote by himself. It's called Sweet and Simple. 
Let's see if it is sweet and simple. First of all, a ridiculous high note. And then when the music stops and they just sing together, it, it gives you chills. I, I, I just going to tell you that I'm sitting here. Literally, <laughs> my body is just like buzzing with goosebumps. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds, so good. It sounds silly, people, but it's true. Yep. Um, so Steve Perry wrote uh, two songs by himself on this album. And the other is Love and Touch and Squeezing, which was the single. Um that might be my least favorite song on the album now. I mean, I still enjoy yeah. it, but um, I like all these other songs better than, than love and touch mm -hmm. and squeezing. Yeah. Me too. You know, I, I, I love the end of the song with the na, 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 na's. Yes. But I've never, as much as I love this record, the first part of the song is, is probably my least favorite song on the record. Yeah. It, it, it's I the first part it. of it easily. And yet that was the single. So yeah, that this this was their biggest single to date. It actually hit number 16 on the Billboard charts. There you go. And, but I didn't pick it because, like I said, there's other great songs I love. And the one I did pick is just the same way. Yeah. It's a, it's a great song without Steve Perry in the mix, but when he comes in, it just adds a whole new layer to the song. Yeah. And that one was written by Greg, Neil, and Ross. Not written, Steve What didn't have a hand in that, and yet they knew to feature him strongly. Yeah. So good. So good. Uh and again, these uh, Infinity and Evolution, it was just a little over a year between the albums. So that's amazing. All right, we're moving on to Departure, which, and again, you were saying about your brother, um, who's four years older than you. My brother's six years older than me, but he did not listen to the kind of music that I enjoyed or listened to. He would listen to Neil Diamond, who I love uh, because of my brother. But my brother would listen to music like that my mom and grandmother would listen to. He'd listen to like Paul Anka and Andy Williams. And it was just like, mm. it was like my brother was Ouch. like 20 years older than me. Yeah. But uh, so he, so the, the way I found some of this music 
was uh, our next door neighbors, uh, Jay and Dave Helensic. They were, uh, I'm trying to think, they were probably four or, or and six, four and six years older than me also. But this is the kind of music they liked. And they would actually lend me their albums. They would lend a kid their albums. And um, it was so cool to go over to their house and because they had jobs and they were buying a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would say, can I borrow this Cars album? Can I borrow this Kansas album? And they would say, yeah. And uh, so really, I learned a lot about music from from Jay and Dave. So thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I, I still believe Departure is the first, the first Journey album I bought. And it came out in February of 1980. So I would have been turning, I would have just turned 16. Um, what do you got for us, Andy, from Journey Departure? I've got what what might arguably be my favorite Journey song. At least it's top top five uh, for sure. Uh, I went with "Where Were You." All right. Now they switched uh they switched producers on this. I don't know if Roy Thomas Baker wasn't available or if they didn't want to work with him again. They wanted something new. But so Jeff Workman and Kevin Elson are the two producers on this. Uh and Where Were You is a great song. Yeah. So good. Um, I feel like this album wasn't um wasn't as popular as Infinity and Evolution. Do you feel like that? Um, I mean, any way you want it, but Def was their biggest hit to date. So I think that helped, but maybe the album as a whole wasn't, I, I've got some issues with the singles that they released. I mean, obviously any way you want it, um, was the first single and that's, you know, top five journey song for me too, but you know, they followed it up with the other two singles were, uh, walks like a lady and good morning girl. Yeah. So kind of a weak. Weak choice of singles, I think. Yeah, I think so too, especially after you, you know, you rock hard with any way you want it, which is my next song. So here we go. I do love this album though, but I, I almost feel like this song is so strong and it kicks off the album that it's, it's difficult to follow the opening cut. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. there, there are great songs the whole way through, but this, this song is so strong. It, it's, it's one of my top five journey songs too. And I remember it, I remember it in Caddyshack. Yeah, exactly. And um, when he says, let's party. And then he, uh, he has a tape deck, I think in his, uh, in his golf bag, Rodney Dangerfield, but such a good song. Yeah. Such this this, this is one of those songs. I, I've never gotten sick of this song ever. No, me neither. Never, never, good. never. As, as many times as you hear it, and, and I've heard tons of Journey hits a million times, and there's a bunch of them that, that that I am tired of and don't necessarily need to hear again. But this isn't one of them. Uh, what would another song you don't get sick of? Uh, separate ways. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say I'm sick of it, but I, I don't. If, if I'm listening to that album, I, I probably would skip that song just because I've heard it so many times. But it, I, it is a great tune. I am. St- I don't stop believing I don't get sick of. And if you're going to get sick of one, it should be that one. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I don't, I still love it so much, but um, yeah. Any way you want it. It's, it's a killer. Uh, Here we go. Next track for Andy on departure. I went with uh, another heavy rocker line of fire. Here we go. And Journey's uh Journey's not really a video band either. I mean, there's a video for any way you want it. I think there's a there's a few videos here and there from Infinity and Evolution. Mm-hmm. But one um yeah, you would have thought with departure they had a video for any way you want it. You would have thought that maybe there would be a couple more videos. But um since MTV wasn't around yet, I guess that's why. Yeah, and yeah, you would have thought that maybe they would have had a promo video for Walks Like a Lady. I mean, that was a Hit you know it was n- number thirty two so it was pre you know top forty hit for them but uh, didn't do a promo one for that one. Yeah, it's um, and then even when uh, Escape comes out, when MTV is uh is starting to go strong, and they just had live clips. They didn't they didn't really make conceptual videos until until Frontiers. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Uh, what's my next tune from Departure? All right. I chose uh, People in Places. Yeah. And this has got uh, Neil Sean on co-lead vocals. There's some really cool stuff deep in this album, like 
Someday Soon, Precious Time. Yeah, those are great songs. Uh, Good Morning Girl and To Stay a While. Uh, the album closes mm-hmm. with Homemade Love, which uh, yeah. which rocks. And totally. um, I feel like there's a lot of textures in this album. But again, I still feel that the uh, the previous two were uh, were a little more popular than, than Departure. But I, I really do love Departure. Maybe the album cover's too busy. There's a lot going on. Yeah, it's got the journey name from, you know, top, bottom, left, right. Yeah, it was like kind of like lights or something like that kind yeah. of made into the lights. Yeah, it says journey on here f- uh, five times. Yeah. Um, all right. So my song, like I said, is People and Places. Yes, you are the ones. You are the ones. Every word I say, I say. Um, I kind of feel like these albums are more FM albums. And when Escape comes out, that's more of an AM album. For when I where I grew up, that's where the hit where hit radio was. We had AM radio mm-hmm. in my I remember hometown. it. Yeah. So um these feel these really feel like FM, you know, deep cut album rock. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It wasn't yep. uh there weren't like four or five, six singles off these albums. These are, these are supposed to be listened to from mm-hmm. top to bottom as an album. That's just how I feel right, about right. these three albums. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of why I, when I think of AOR album oriented rock, I think of journey, yeah. you know, and, and I think of these albums that the, these songs did, did get played at least down, you know, where I live, live in Florida. Um, you, you would hear, you know, someday soon on, on the radio, on, on the FM dial. Yeah. What um what was your first concert, Andy? First concert was uh, Foreigner in '85 uh, on uh, the uh, Agent Provocateur tour. All right. And who was that? Who was on the bill? Was there support? You know, group? I cannot remember, and it really drives me crazy because it was my first show, and I've I've went to set list on the internet. <laughs> I can't find it. I don't. I don't remember who it was. It wasn't anybody big. It wasn't like Brian Adams or, uh-huh. or, you know, somebody up and coming. I cannot remember. And if anybody out there knows who was the opening band on for foreigner on the agent provocateur, uh, tour, let me well, know. <laughs> well, I might, I might be, I might be interviewing Lou Graham in a couple of weeks. Ah. And when I do, if I can remember, and if Lou can remember, I will, <laughs> I, I will try to remember to ask him and maybe he'll, maybe he'll remember. Yeah, because who, yeah, whoever that is was the first first band I would have ever had seen live. So that's how that's like pretty important to know. Yeah, when I uh, the first concert I ever saw was uh, was Kiss on the Dynasty tour, but 
the band that opened was New England. So that was the first band I ever saw live was New England. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, you still go to a lot of shows. I'm not, I'm not as big of a concert goer as I, as I used to be. Um, not, not, not as often as I, as I'd like to, or as I used to be when I was younger. And what keeps you away? Is it the pr ticket price or is it because it's a hassle? Probably because it's a hassle and getting, <laughs> <laughs> getting older. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a little bit of both and, and finding someone to go with is another issue too. Yeah. You know, you get to be, uh, you know, men, men of our age. <laughs> right. um, and your high school buddies and your college buddies are all in different states with families and kids and stuff. So finding yeah. someone to go with can be a little, a little bit tougher. I, um, look, I could, I still go to see a lot of concerts, but I, I'm very honest when I tell people I could not afford to go see all these concerts, but because of this podcast, I get to see almost every show I get to see for free. So that's a perk. And then uh, my co-hosts and a lot of my friends still like to go to shows, but uh, otherwise I wouldn't ticket prices are astronomical. Yeah. Like, I think when I, I think when I, I think when I saw kiss, it was nine fifty. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. I think when I saw Van Halen the first time it was like eleven fifty. it's, and now the, t I, we just got stones tickets. We did pay for those. They were 167 each but they're it's in a stadium and they're they're not good seats at all. Yeah, would, that, that doesn't surprise me. Those those are probably nosebleeds at that, oh, yeah. at that price it's, point. It's uh we just um Mike Siegel's never seen them, so we just wanted to get into the venue. Right. Uh but yeah, to be close, it's six hundred to twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. I, yeah, it's it's crazy. Who can pay that? Certainly if you have kids uh, in college, you can't. Yeah, no way. So it's nuts. All right, let's jump to from departure. We're going to jump to here's an album. It came out the same year as departure. It came out in December, 1980. I remember this was an import only album when I was a kid mm -hmm. and um, it was expensive. And so I don't, I never bought it at the time. I, I, I actually had this record. You this did. Yeah, I, I was such a big Journey fan at the time. This is kind of the height of my Journey fandom. Um, and there's a, a little record store that I used to ride my bike to, um, just a mom and pop place. Uh -huh. And he would order these types of records. So I remember him getting this one in. You know, Journey was you know a huge band at the time. So sure. oh, new Journey album. Um, so I remember him him picking this one up and uh, me me buying it. Um, and of course, you know, it's not a regular journey album as, no. as we'll kind of get into a little bit. It's, it's a soundtrack to, to this Japanese film. It's, it's only, you know, 35 minutes long. There's only three songs with vocals. Yeah. And, um, it's a dream after dream is the album and it's, uh, the soundtrack to, to a Japanese fantasy film. Like, how did they even get involved in this? And why did they even want to be involved in it, I wonder? Yeah, I, you know, I've done a little bit of research on this and couldn't find a whole lot of history about kind of how they, how this happened. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely more um, of the, you know, earlier pre-Steve Perry sound, on, especially on the non, the three non-vocal tracks. So right, it's right. definitely more of the, you know, kind of progressive, you know, a lot of instrumentals and things like that. And even when they remastered the catalog, I mean, this is an album with Steve Perry singing three songs, but 
they didn't re-release this. Mm -hmm. I would think, I would think, you know, I would buy it if it was readily available on CD, I would pick it up because, uh, this is the one I don't own. And this is the last studio album with, uh, with founding member, Greg Raleigh too. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite an oddity in the, uh, journey catalog. So what, uh, song did you choose from dream after dream? I, I think I picked destiny, I think was my choice. Um, this it's, song it's, is almost nine minutes long. Yeah. It's, it's, this is the longest journey song in their entire catalog. Um, and of course, you know, we're not going to play a, a, a nine minute track. The, the part I picked was, was, was the cool part, the rocking part that sounded most like, um, journey it actually doesn't have vocals in it. Um, cause the first part of the song where Steve sings, it's, it's a little meandering, um, but it gets, it gets cooking, uh, and a little, and a little piece that you're going to play here. All right. Let's listen. Destiny. Come on, play. Why aren't you playing? destiny now the only song that i knew off this album was a song called little girl because i believe it was on the time three box set that came out yeah it's it's also on the uh on the remastered departure yes album it is. as a bonus track yes it is um and, and um, it was also it was later the b-side to open arms single now look at this this is this is the kind of minutiae i need um, and it's a, it's the most journey song on the album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The most, the most journey sounding song. So let's hear a little bit of little girl. With hope to see you just another day. Do you see the words I'm trying to say? two tracks on this album that are written by Ross Valerie by himself. 
So he was probably really into this project. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I get to write some pieces of music by myself. This is awesome. Uh, this was also produced by Kevin Elson and Journey. And it's uh, Wikipedia listed as progressive rock. I don't know. Maybe. Um, so to close out the Greg Rowley period of Journey, they release a live album, which I think made sense. That way they could play all those Greg Raleigh era songs and release them on a live album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like live albums? Um, it, for the most part, not really. Um, this, I do like this one though. Yeah, I, this I think is this a great is, one. This is, this is one of the better live albums. I agree. Um, I'm more of a, uh, studio kind of slick, polished kind of kind of yeah. guy. It's a little bit, little bit more how how I roll. But this this, this is a pretty good one, and, you know. And and you don't really hear, you know, there's all kinds of uh, mythology on you know live albums and not, you know Frampton Alive and Kiss Alive. They're not not really live. But it, I didn't. I, this one doesn't get any heat. You know, I haven't heard anything about this one. You know, not being in the studio or this song was actually done in sound check before the crowd showed up, which <laughs> you know, which kissed it a lot. You know, uh. so. This one seems to be the real deal. You know, the only exception is um, 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 uh, Majestic, which is the album opener. Um, that's not live. And because Journey used to play that when they were coming onto the stage. Right. So it's a, so, that's, it's a pr- so they're not when you listen to Captured and you hear the opening strands of Majestic, they're not playing at that, at that point. Right. It's a pre-recorded instrumental. Mm-hmm. So in, in this album, now my favorite live albums, if they're really live, I like when an album is recorded one show, one venue, you know, but you rarely get that. But this album was recorded at uh, over four different nights, uh, August 8th in Montreal, August 4th and 5th in Detroit and October 13th in Tokyo. So they took the best, uh, the best um, tracks from those nights. And I assume they put them together in the, in the show order. I hope they would. Well, they, they, they left, um, 11 songs off of the album that they played on the tour. So there's, there's a ton of stuff that, that didn't make it onto the record. Wow. Um, including some pre Steve Perry stuff. So, so journey played, you know, pre Steve Perry stuff with Steve Perry. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that would be great if they released an expanded, uh, reissue of this, like with, yeah, sort of like Chip trick did with, uh, with Budokan, they released the whole entire show. Although with Cheap Trick, I still like the single disc Budokan better than the double disc. I just like the flow of that for me. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, I, I like having those other songs, but if I'm going to listen to at Budokan, it, the single disc is what I go to, but I digress. Yeah. All right. So there's only, well, there's two new songs on this album. One's a studio track, but there's only one new song that was, written by uh who's it written by uh neil sean and steve perry and that's your your song and but it's never been released as a studio track it's only released on captured as a live song mm-hmm. yeah i i'd be curious to hear the kind of the history of that and and why there's never been a studio version or um you know was this just a tune that they were you know sound checking on and decided to put it into the set i'd, I'd really be curious to hear what you know what was, was the, the, the genesis of this tune and kind of where it came from. And, um, cause there's not, not a, not a lot of information on it. And at the time I wasn't a big live, uh, 
live album fan either, but if there were songs on a live album that I didn't own, that would make me buy this live album. So certainly your next song, Dixie Highway, and my song uh, are the reasons that I picked this up initially. So I've already introduced it for you, Andy, but here's Andy's pick. This is Dixie Highway. When you saw Journey on the Raised on Radio tour, do you remember who opened that tour? Uh, Glass Tiger, I think, was the opening band on that one. <laughs> nice. I uh, On the Escape tour, I believe it was a band called Point Blank. Yeah, they did uh, the song uh, Nicole. Yeah, yeah. And them, My Sweet yeah. Nicole. And yeah, and I could, I mean, literally, I could I could have cared less. <laughs> I just said, I just yeah. wanted Journey. And then on the Frontiers tour, it was Brian Adams. Yeah, there you go. And he was so good that I was like thinking, well, how's Journey going to follow this guy? But of course they did. Mm -hmm. But he was, that was a great double bill. Brian yeah, Adams no and Journey. Uh, so how many times have you seen Journey live? I've actually, I've actually only seen them twice, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, saw them, of course, we talked about uh, the Raves on Radio Tour. And I saw yeah. them with Arnell, um, I think in 2012. Okay. I think so. It's been, it's been a while since I've seen them. I have been lucky enough to see them. Like I said, twice with Steve, I saw them twice with Steve Ajiri. I saw Jeff Scott Soto when he uh, took over after Ajiri had some, uh, some vocal problems. I saw the first tour with Arnell and I think I've seen them two more times with Arnell. So I've been lucky enough to see them a lot. So, uh, uh, always good, always good live. So when we do this again, Andy, part two, it's really the heyday for journey, right? We're going to go from escape through the, uh, reunion album trial by fire. And we'll fill in all the gaps with the soundtrack songs. And, uh, maybe we'll drop, a. Uh, some solo Steve stuff in there. Maybe we'll drop some Sean and hammer stuff in there. Yeah. But, uh, that will, uh, that will really be a, a mega episode for sure. I believe. Yeah. That's, that's the heyday for sure. That's, that's the, and then, then the third part will be, uh, what will we call it after Steve Perry? I don't know. Yeah. Post Perry, post Perry. I love it. That's the title. So, before we go, Andy, do you uh, do you want people to follow you on Twitter or follow you on Instagram? 
Uh, if they want, want they want to. Uh, I'm, I'm not on Instagram, but I'm on Twitter at uh, Feck999. It's F-E-C-K-999. And what does that mean? Tell me, Andy. It's a nickname I, I had in college. It's really stupid, actually. Um, I, I'm a big fan of that um, movie, uh, The River's Edge, with um, Keanu Reeves and Dennis Hopper. It's kind of a dark comedy did you ever see that movie? Uh, I know the movie, but I've never seen it's, it. It's excellent. Um, it's one of Keanu's first first movies. But uh, Dennis Hopper plays a character named Feck. Okay. Um, and there's all kinds of. It's it's not supposed to be. It's based on a true story. It's actually a pretty pretty um, um, horrific story. Yeah, it's gruesome. This right. Girl, girl that was murdered, and they try to cover it up and and everything. But there's a lot of dark comedy in there, especially by uh, Kristen Glover has has a has a big role in that movie and he's pretty funny so um i in college i I would use the name feck sometimes and i used to do fantasy football so that would do like you know feck would be my name and stuff so when i started twitter you know so many years ago i I didn't want to use my real name or put in my pictures and things like that because it worked and things like that so i'd use that as my name and just it's there it's there ever since so at feck 999 and what's the 999 nonsense just some numbers to fit because somebody else already had facts so. <laughs> <laughs> all right we are at rock solid show uh kyle is at kyle dotson funny and you can follow uh lisa solak who does the instagram she's at ala ala 005 um and with that andy we have uh we've finished the greg raleigh years other than our playout song so, yeah, but what's interesting is Greg Raleigh does not play on this song. He does not play on this song. The keyboards on The Party's Over, Hopelessly in Love, are played by Stevie Roseman. He plays acoustic piano and keyboards. Also, I believe on this departure tour, the babies were the opening band. And that's when Greg Raleigh saw Jonathan Kane. And Jonathan Kane was handpicked by Greg Raleigh yeah. to take his place. Yeah. Greg, Greg had had it with the touring and it was just, he had a family and it was just, just too much for him. He just didn't want to do it anymore. And it's, it's so funny because you're finally having success and family's more important. Yeah. So it's not funny, but I mean, <laughs> Fun, you know, funny as an in interesting, funny as an in interesting, but, um, but his choice of Jonathan Kane uh, definitely pays off, and we will find out in part two, which will come later this year. And what? And part three, Andy and I are waiting for the new Journey album to be released. So, if that happens at the end of the year, then probably the beginning twenty twenty two is when you'll hear part three, uh, because we we want to put a cap on that one. We haven't had Journey music for eleven years. Yeah. So let's hear what a new album sounds like. But with that, go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. And you can support the show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash rocksolidpodcast. Andy, thank you so much for giving me 90 minutes out of your Sunday. The next time we're here, it's probably going to be about two and a half hours. And uh, thanks so much. It was fun. Thanks. And here, everybody, is the party's over, hopelessly in love. (laughs) 